Welcome to the Hear Me Out CC podcast, a show where you'll hear from inspiring people in and around the deaf community and from your host, Ahmed Khalifa. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is indeed Ahmed Khalifa with episode five of the Hear Me Out CC podcast. Today, I am going to be interviewing Abby Brown, who has so many different stories that I want to share with you. Everything from just sharing her death story and dealing with that to doing a bit of stand-up comedy to doing a bit of BSL sign singing on YouTube to being an advocate for the disabled community. She's done a lot of things and I just thought this would be a really, really good interview to discuss and to share with you. So let's not waste any time. Let's get into it with the interview with Abby Brown. Okay, well, Abby, thank you for joining me on the Hear Me Out CC podcast. Thank you. No, thank you for having me. I'm excited. I've been uh, doing a little bit of snooping and researching and reading up on you. And then I just thought, yeah, I have to get Abby on the show and talk (laughs) to her because so many interesting stuff. So (laughs) I just want to start off with the same thing I ask other people. It's about just about your background story related to you know, the death story, the hearing loss journey, the challenges that you had growing up and how did you overcome it? And that's the kind of stuff I want to start off with. So could you give me a background of that story? Sure, yeah. So I was born with um, osteogenesis imperfecta, which is um, also known as brittle bone disease here in the UK um, or glass bones elsewhere in Europe. Um, And it basically means that there's a problem with my collagen um, so my my bones aren't as strong as they should be, but also it affects other connective tissues. So one of the side effects can be um, uh, hearing loss. Um, so my mum, I got I inherited the condition from my mum, and we both also have uh, a hearing loss called os- uh, otosclerosis, uh, which basically means that the little bones, the stapes bones in my uh, head. That, that help you to hear um, have like fibers growing along them. So it stops them vibrating properly against the eardrum, which means that um, I lost my hearing around the age of eight. Uh, yeah, I was fitted with hearing aids, which my, my, it's a progressive hearing condition. So my hearing got worse as I got older um, and gradually hearing aids didn't really help me that much anymore. Um, until I was about 16, I was um, classed as a severe to profound hearing loss. Um, and then two, so I, my mum and I started learning uh, sign language, British sign language. Um, and then two years later, I was very lucky to be offered um, a hearing operation called a stapedectomy, which is where they literally go into your skull and replace the stapes bones with um, like titanium prosthetics, which are incredibly small. They're about one millimetre to two millimetres in length. And they have to be fitted with a laser, a special kind of laser, which they um, only recently got in the UK. So I was really lucky to have that operation and it restored the majority of my hearing. So I now wear like tiny, tiny hearing aids, but nothing like what I what I used to have when I was little. And um, yeah, so wow, that's my journey. <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't know such surgery exist. This is something that I'm not very familiar with. I'm familiar with, you know, the kind of, you know, the upbringing, the challenges and wearing those big chunky hearing aids, you know, yeah. I've 
we've we've all done it, and yeah. uh, I, I'm you know I've got that similarity, but I have never heard of the kind of surgery that you went through. So, what was that like? I mean, the kind of transition to it and thinking about doing it, and you know, did you have any reservations about it, or did you thought you know what I definitely want to do it? So, otosclerosis is a very rare condition, and which means that the the surgery, the staphydectomy, is also quite a rare surgery, and a lot of a lot of doctors haven't heard of it. Um, and so, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't something that I could easily research. Um, there are people who've had it done in the world, but very rarely people who have my bone condition as well, osteogenesis, mm-hmm. um, which obviously meant that there were a lot higher risks um, associated with it for me than there are for other other um, otosclerosis patients, um, because going into my ear anywhere can cause could have caused the rest of other bones to break. So it was a massive risk. But at the time I was 18, I had, um, yeah, I'd been told that I had a now a severe to profound hearing loss. Um, I couldn't hear men speaking anymore. I couldn't hear music. And, you know, music was one of my really big passions in life. I couldn't hear it at all. I couldn't hear the difference between the notes. And I just it was, you know, it was my last year of school. It was before I went to university. And I thought, you know what? I can speak sign language. So if I need sign language, if I was to go profoundly deaf, I had that that I can use. I lip read very well. Um, but I just thought if I'm ever going to do this, then this is definitely the time uh, to take the risk. Um, I think I was actually the first patient that my surgeon had with both osteogenesis and otosclerosis. So, yeah, I was very much his guinea pig. But um, it was well worth it. So he just did one ear the first time um, to make to kind of, you know, lower the risk, basically. And then when that worked out, um, he did the second one. Wow. It it literally changed your life, really, in a way that just to kind of get back to what you're familiar with, really. Yeah, I mean, wow. Yeah, it was absolutely fantastic. Um, I the first thing I ever heard was um, my surgeon came in with a tuning fork and hit the tuning fork and I could hear it. Um, and it was just, I cried actually. And I think my oh. mum cried as well. It was, it was just so incredible that, um, that ability to, I really hadn't heard anything through my own ears, you know, only with hearing aids in, in 10 years. And for a lot of that time, I hadn't really been hearing properly at all. Um, even with the hearing aids on. So it was, yeah, it was just insane. And, it's been absolutely life-changing, I have to say. Um, I just feel, I just don't feel that sense of isolation anymore, which I grew up with. You know, the ability to go to music concerts with my friends and actually hear what's going on. Yeah. Hear the jokes in in the pub. Even I do have a, you know, I do still have a mild hearing loss, so I do still miss things. And mm-hmm. you know, hear, even my tiny hearing aids aren't aren't the best in the world, but uh, it's. <laughs> It's just so different, yeah. Yeah, no, I totally get you. The tiny hearing aid, it's not for everyone to hear the thing because I've got the slightly bigger one because the tiny one was not sufficient enough. So it's not perfect. You know, people think that it will kind of give you the normal hearing that everyone else has. Yeah. And it's so not true. It's just so not true. It's just there to help you a little bit. So Yeah, so it's not... um... Yeah, my hearing is still not, it's not, I mean, it's not what uh, a hearing person would have, but it's oh, yeah. just completely incredible. And my speech has improved. Um, I can hear how loud I'm speaking, that kind of thing. Um, and yeah, just finding out all these words that I, yeah, 
been wow. saying well. It was it was really really cool. Yeah. And uh, does that mean because you know you 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 were saying that you learned BSL as well along the way? So does that mean you know that was the moment where you start to get into it and you know you actually done a lot of videos on YouTube and that's how I first discovered you was your YouTube videos yeah and you started you know doing some tutorials and you started doing some um signing some songs as well and you know was that how it all started did you learn that way or did you learn another way and also what made you get into the YouTube videos as well so I started learning sign language when I was 16, so two years before the operations. And at the time, the operations weren't really on the radar because we didn't have the laser that um, they use for the operation here in the UK. Um, and I learned it very much with the expectation that I would at some point go become profoundly deaf and um, I would need it for my day-to-day -day life. So I did a level one course um, and then I did my level two the following year. Um, and I started doing the videos while I was finishing my level two. Ah, okay. Um, as part of our homework, um, my sign language teacher, who was a fantastic deaf lady called Jill, um, she's brilliant, and uh, she asked us to go away and have a look at um, sign songs. And because we, we were talking about the difference between hearing communities and deaf communities, and whether uh, we should work towards integration or whether we should happy to be kind of like have deaf culture as something separate from hearing culture, which I'm sure, you know, you're familiar with the arguments for and against. Um, and so as part of that, we, we were looking at sign song and comparing it to deaf poetry. Um, and then, yeah, I just thought that that was amazing because as, as I say, music was a really big part of my life. And I felt like it was a way of um, kind of enjoying music as a deaf person that yeah. I'd enjoyed as a hearing child yeah. um, and a hearing teenager. So, um, yeah, that's why my first sign song was uh, Britney Spears. Um, of course. <laughs> yeah, embracing them. Um, yeah, my childhood songs. <laughs> but, I mean, you, you're getting, like, you've got tens of thousands of views, so yeah. people enjoy it. You know, people love it. Yeah. And even I started watching it and I started to, because I'm, I'm learning BSL as well. I'm starting from, almost starting from scratch. And uh, sometimes they say the best way to learn a new language is to you know, watch movies or, you know, listen to music and all these kind of things. Yeah. But in BSL, it's different. So I actually try to, you know, watch you and imitate your signings to a particular song. And uh, I, I enjoyed it. It was great, great fun. And, uh, you know, the fact that you're getting all these views, it proves that it's really popular and people love it. And, and I know it's not your main focus right now. You know, it was part of our homework and stuff, but... I think they're, they're great. It's really, really cool videos that you've done there. So I've always, I've always wondered, you know, what would be, in your opinion, what would be the best way to learn BSL? I think the best way to learn BSL is definitely through um, classes. Mm -hmm. um, ideally, I think ideally with a deaf person or a native BSL speaker, just because I think that way you really get the best kind of understanding of uh a kind of style and tone and register things like that uh yeah I know, I know that's not an option for everyone but I do think learning with a you know a physical human who's in front of you um is definitely the best way because other you could be you know signing away to yourself at home 
um, you know, if you are learning online or from books and things, but nobody's there to tell you whether you're doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to tell yourself whether you're getting some signs wrong. I still get signs wrong myself. Um, and one of the things that I think is great about YouTube is when the, when I used to, you know, make, make new videos, um, which I carried on making the videos um, long after I had the hearing operations, but um, people would often comment and say, oh, just to let you know you did, you know, this handshake wrong, or actually that means you know, a different word in Liverpool or something. And then I just <laughs> yeah. adjust my... Um, wow. My, so I think it's really important to have kind of both the receptive and the productive elements in, in your learning of BSL. Otherwise, I think it's very difficult to know that you're doing it right. Of course. No, of course. And I think it applies to any languages, of really, course, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. and, you know, end of the day, BSL is a language. So yeah, it definitely. should be treated the same way as any other language in terms of you know, you want to learn the right thing. You don't want to learn the bad habit in terms of pronunciation or in this case, signing. And yeah, it's a, it's the same idea, which is, you know, spot on, which is really, really great. You know, in terms of like, you know, you, you're kind of part of a deaf community because, you know, you've had that upbringing and you are pretty much, I mean, I'm getting fluent in BSL. And, um, I'm you, not fluent. <laughs> well, I mean, I've, I've watched your video. You look very fluent, but okay. Um, you know, it, it seemed to be really, really good. You, you're able to have that kind of conversation in BSL. But I've always seen people kind of commenting about, you know, being deaf and then having the, I quote, cure kind of thing. And people mm. always, you know, get a bit defensive about it and people get angry about it and talking about that is my identity and stuff like that. But, you know, it's kind of, you know, everyone has their own situation. Everyone has their own, you know, upbringing and you can't compare one person with another. Have you ever, you know, have you ever had any experience like that at all where people were saying you shouldn't do it? Um, I have had people comment on the tutorial. So I have two YouTube channels. Uh, one is the signed songs and one is the tutorials. Um, I have had a lot of, com- well, not a lot. I had lots of comments from one person uh, saying that I shouldn't be doing the tutorials um, uh, because he said um, I wasn't qualified and uh, I'm not a native speaker of BSL. Mm-hmm. Um, I am actually qualified to teach basic sign language, but um, he just like basically wouldn't, wouldn't, um, you know, take me seriously. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think there are there are definitely people who think that sign song as as a concept is is flawed because um, the deaf community shouldn't be kind of pandering to the to the hearing hearing culture, you know. And I think that's absolutely fine and a very very sensible point of view to have. But to that, I would just say if you don't like it, then you don't have to watch it. Um, uh, you know, I I do my sign songs for people who maybe like me grew up in the hearing community. Um, and still want to kind of engage with with songs or for you know deaf people who want to be integrated with the hearing community um, and I don't think that um, people should should you know get to say whether or not that's okay and I mean fortunately uh, most people have been very very um, supportive of me there are people who point out that my my sign language isn't fluent and it isn't um it isn't as good as good as uh, you know a native speakers would be um, and again, I, I do make that very clear in my descriptions and my um, and on my channel. Yeah. Um, but it, does, I, it, it never stops anybody commenting, no. doesn't it? I mean, you get it the trolls and 
Yeah. They can't help it. Yeah, and I think that's that, that's absolutely fine. But for the number of people that have commented saying thank you, this is you know my five year old deaf daughter loves your videos and things like that. Oh. It's you know it's worth it. <laughs> definitely, that's definitely that's great. So I mean, this is the thing I was wondering. Like, surely it's up to the person and the individual to decide. You know, first of all, how they're going to learn BSL, whether they're fluent or not, um, whether they want to you know fix or have a solution for their hearing loss or not. It's up to the individual. So for anyone else who is in your situation or was in your situation and, you know, is thinking about getting a way to fix their hearing loss, to at least hear, you know, better than they could do, what advice would you have for them to just kind of help them to make the right decision and not make your decision based on what other people think? What advice do you have for these people? Um, I would say that um, if you're sure that you're willing to take the risks associated with whatever surgery or, or implant uh, you might be being offered, then um, I don't think getting your hearing kind of uh, replaced, as it were, or, or improved uh, necessarily means you have to remove yourself from the deaf community. Um, you know, and most of my videos were made after I regain my hearing but equally I still I still have a lot of you know I grew up deaf and I have a lot of um, uh, understanding of what it feels like to be deaf and um, you know the contacts and the connections that I made through through my channel is still very important to me I, I do think you have to be completely sure that you are willing to take the risks though and I think the only reason I was absolutely sure was because I knew that I could, if I had lost my hearing completely, I could have coped. Um, you know, my sign language was good enough and I lip read and I was at that stage in my life where if I'd become deaf that summer, then I would have gone to university as a deaf person. Yeah. And that would have been, you know, the start of my the rest of my life. Whereas I guess like making a big decision as I, you know, where I am now, I'm a lot more settled and it might have been a bit more difficult, but I, I have never regretted it. There are days when I definitely miss being deaf because, um, yeah, it just it's a different way of experiencing the world, isn't it? And yeah. I do, yeah, I do miss that ability to completely kind of, of enter a different a different world. But um, I've Absolutely. never regretted it. Yeah, no, I, mean, I, I, I it, it makes sense. I guess you have to. Um, so I, it makes sense what you're saying about you know just because you are not completely deaf or you know as deaf as and the next person beside you doesn't mean that you are not part of that community. I mean, I guess mm -hmm. you have experienced that. You know what it feels like. And um, and there are people who are not deaf at all. But, for example, there could be a child of deaf mm -hmm. adult. Yeah. And they could and they consider themselves to be part of a community. And I think that's, that's fine. That's great, you know. Yeah, definitely. Playing, playing a part in that um, yeah. community. So we should... Which is great. So I, I like the way you said that. It, it, it makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. One one thing that I've noticed as well, I mean, you do other things as well. Uh, not just, you know, your videos and all these things that you've done in the past, but you're, you're kind of a, an advocate in terms of disability rights. And yeah. uh, it's something that you're very passionate about. So could you explain just a little bit about what is it that you do on that side as well? Yeah, so I guess what's... Um... What's funny, I wrote a blog for Scope about this once, is that um, as my, when my hearing 
at the same time that I got my hearing back, my mobility, my physical mobility actually got a lot worse. Mm-hmm. Um, so my legs basically got to the point where they just wouldn't stop breaking and I couldn't walk without them breaking. Um, and at that point, we made the decision to um, stay in a wheelchair full time. Uh, not full time. I I am I can walk a bit, but um, I use a wheelchair most most of the day. And um, so yeah, it was kind of strange because as I as I regained my my hearing, and I also kind of lost my mobility. So I guess for me, kind of. Uh, disability rights actually became a lot more important. Mm-hmm. Um, I never really thought of myself as disabled before I was about 18 because I I still don't really think of uh, deafness as a disability as such. Um, I understand that it is classed as one for, you know, the purposes of, of legalities and hospitals and, and things like that. And I understand why that needs to be the case. But I don't think that I as a deaf person identified as disabled because I just had a different way of of um, kind of experiencing the world, and it didn't necessarily mean it was it was less or or more than anyone else's. Um, so yeah, kind of once I started using a wheelchair, I got a lot more. I guess I embraced my dis- disabled identity a lot more, and mm-hmm. um, partly because I'd lost that kind of deaf identity that I had, and um, yeah, became much more of an advocate for um, disabled rights. Um, I also moved to London, which is uh, an interesting place to be disabled. It's fantastic in some respects and very, very difficult, if not um, in others, I mean. And so, yeah, so I got involved with um, campaigning for SCOPE, the uh, disability charity, and also a few other charities, so the Bristol Bone Society, uh, which supports people with osteogenesis, like myself, um, and a couple of other bits and pieces. Oh, I've worked with um, BBC Ouch, who, which is the BBC's kind of disability leg, and also um, done some stuff up there with various people at the Houses of Parliament, which is very exciting. Wow, that's pretty cool. I mean, yeah. uh, I have noticed uh, one of your blog posts on scope, which is the way you're talking about how there's not much prejudice towards disabled people. And then you're talking about your own journey as well. I'm going to link to that in the show note. People can access it and read it. It's a very interesting article, uh, you know, for anyone. It doesn't matter who you are. And uh, and it's interesting to hear from your point of view about, you know, the, the daily reality that you face that people just don't understand and don't get. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting that, you know, you're, some of the stories that you share, it's like, it's, it's just kind of emotional in a way that someone said to you, for example, I think you're really inspiring. But yeah. it's not it's not something that you're actually asking for as well. I mean it's just stuff like that. I found it really, really interesting. What one thing that you have mentioned as well is, you know, the um the ouch BBC ouch as yeah. uh, you call it. And I did not know until I did my research that you actually did stand up at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival as well. I did, yeah. I, I mean I, I can't believe that because I live in Edinburgh, so <laughs> It's like, how did I not know that? You know, and was that was that last year? I believe that was last year. Yeah. Oh, I can't yeah. believe I missed that. I cannot believe it. That would have been great to watch. How was that experience? And what what is it that you did there? Uh, so I entered a competition which is run by BBC Ouch, and they've been running it um, for a couple of years now. Um, they did it again this year, where you kind of submit a story, and then um, when you get if 
you get through. You, I got to work with um, a BBC comedy script writer um, to make my kind of story really good wow. or as good as it could be. And then um, I got to perform it uh, live in front of <laughs> a few hundred people. Oh, wow. Okay. It was, yeah. <laughs> and it was also recorded. So it was on iPlayer and it was also, there was also a podcast, um, which was incredible. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was absolutely fantastic experience. It was quite, it was quite daunting, obviously. Of course. Um, but uh, yeah, really, really brilliant experience. Uh, are we, are we going to see any more stand up comedy from you? <laughs> No, um, maybe. I have been thinking about it. I'm doing um, a, a little one-off performance at um, Rarefest in Cambridge in December, uh-huh. uh, which is a festival being set up by um, a charity I used to be, uh, what I helped to found, actually, um, which is called the Cambridge Rare Disease Network. And they're hosting a kind of festival of rare disease um, at the beginning of December. Uh, which is free if if anyone would like to attend and it is a kind of two-day celebration of both rare diseases people with rare disease and also um kind of research and those who are working to help people with rare disease um uh, improve wow. their quality of life. and, and so, when yeah. is that event happening uh it's the first weekend of december so okay well uh, i just want to make sure that you know people, yeah, people know about it yeah, right. the 13th of November and the 1st of December. Right, right. great. Okay, I'll, I'll put that in the show note as well. People can, yeah, you know, see it as yeah. well. That sounds great. It sounds really good fun. And uh, and I'm going to try to find that um, episode of your stand-up comedy debut. Yeah. And uh, so that people can watch that as well, which is uh, pretty cool. And um, maybe I should think about that because, well, I live in Edinburgh, so... Yeah. I don't have an excuse, really. So, uh, yeah. right. I should think yeah, about so that. they'll be doing. I'm sure they'll do another one in 2019. Um, yeah. my one I actually uh, was with Lost Boys guy, was also performing with me. Who's the one who won Britain's Got Talent this year? So it was pretty cool. I'm very familiar with him actually. He's great, and uh, he yeah. he uses the technology as well to help them. But yeah. obviously hilarious, absolutely hilarious, yeah, and really really, really popular with a lot of people. So um. Yeah, I, I think I know uh, who you're talking about, and uh, I wanted to see him live as well, but didn't get the chance. Yeah. So he was really sold out, wasn't he? Yeah, it, exactly. Which is great as well. It's like you know the event is sold out, and uh, I guess when you are you know Britain's Got Talent, and you know you you know got to that stage, and you, you I think he won it as well. So it's impressive. So yeah. no wonder he sold out uh, when tickets are on sale. He's pretty pretty cool as well. So then, if we kind of round it up, kind of thing, and uh, I like to end it with a few like questions, almost like a lightning question, quick fire question, and just to see what kind of answer you give, especially around, you know, when uh, you had a more of a profound deafness, but you still, you know, mildly deaf as well. So, what was the worst thing about being deaf for you? Um, it was probably. Mm, either missing out on my friends' jokes or um, or missing out bits on conversation or um, losing the ability to hear um, music. I can really distinctly remember when I was listening to um, one of my favourite songs and I suddenly realised that I couldn't... There used to be a bass part in it and uh, I couldn't hear it anymore. I didn't know it was there. Wow. And I think it was that kind of recognition... 
I guess quite often when you're deaf, you don't really know what you're missing, if that makes sense. Oh, you know, 100%. 100%. Yes. What, you, what, you're, what you should be hearing often. Yeah. But it was the fact that I knew that there ought to be a part in there that I could hear and I couldn't hear it. Um, and yeah, that was pretty sad. But it's just, I think probably the worst thing is is that, you know, when someone says something funny, everyone laughs and you ask what it was and someone says it doesn't matter. You know, and that always made me feel, well, it still does make me feel so kind of left out conversation so i'd say probably yes other people <laughs> the <worst laughs> yeah. thing about being deaf is other people <laughs> and then you do I'm, I'm, I'm guessing you do what i tend to do is you just nod along and yeah. just smile and just keep going yeah definitely yeah. Yeah. yeah i think we uh we know that feeling i, I think yeah. a lot of people know that feeling so on, on the contrary what was the best thing about being deaf for you if you have any um kind of answer for that yeah i i um, as I say, I didn't think of deafness as being a particularly a disability. Um, and I, there are a lot of things about being deaf that I miss. Um, I would say the main one is the peace and quiet. Um, you know, taking my hearing aids out and just, and just like, you know, hearing absolutely nothing. And yeah. yeah, just that kind of tranquility and that feeling of being almost like in your own bubble. It's, you know, you could... I could sit at school looking around and I could see loads of people, but I could absolutely focus on what I was doing because uh, I just had had absolutely no hearing um, wow. and didn't know they were there. So, yeah, um, I think it's that it's that sense of your own space <laughs> that you don't really get anymore, especially living in London. <laughs> That's very zen. I like that. Very, very yeah. zen. Like, and what advice do you have for hearing people when they are around deaf people? Um, I would say... Uh, it always matters, you know, what the hearing person, what the deaf person wants to hear always matters. And it doesn't matter if you think it's just a minor thing or it wasn't for them to hear. It's still, you know, saying it doesn't matter. Really, it really gives us that sense of isolation and that feeling of being left out. Um, So I really appreciate it when people, um, you know, make the effort to ensure that I've heard everything, even though, even if it wasn't necessarily um, important. I remember the the day before my first hearing operation, I was obviously quite nervous. I'd gone to Tesco and I was at the checkout. And um, as I'm sure you do, I um, he the, the checkout guy had said something, but I knew that I'd already paid, so I didn't. I I could hear that he was he'd said something, but I I couldn't be bothered to kind of ask him to explain it again because I'd already asked him uh, something else to repeat something else. So I just left it. And then I think he must have been able to. My hearing aids, which were, you know, enormous at the time, <laughs> yeah. and he um, waved his hand under my face so that uh, so that I would look up to get my attention, and then he said very clearly, "Have a good day," and uh, all he wanted to make sure that I'd heard was, you know, just you know, a platitude, which most people wouldn't have wouldn't have bothered if I hadn't heard it. But I thought that was really really kind. And um, so, yeah, I would say everything matters. Everything matters. I like that because. A video that I've created on YouTube, it's like things you should not say to a deaf person. And one of them was that phrase, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, Just because, you know, that person's asking you to repeat or, yeah, just can't hear you what you said. And then in the end, that person says, oh, it doesn't matter. But you're right. It does matter. Everything matters. Everything that you say matters. So I like that. It's a really good point as well. So finally, just to, you know, to give you a break after this, that what advice you have for anyone who is living with you know deafness you know whether it's serious or mild 
What advice do you have for those people in making the most out of their lives? I would say learn sign language if you haven't already. Ah, okay. Uh, that that is definitely the thing that made me most comfortable in my deafness, but it also made me feel extremely comfortable in myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I I was deaf growing up in a hearing community, and I think when I miss things, I tended to think of it as my fault or my fault for not listening hard enough, my fault for not concentrating. And something I realised when I learned sign language is how incredibly easy it is to have when you're speaking a language where you have everything laid out in front of you. And actually, I do need things written down. I do need it, um, you know, in front of me. And it's not me being lazy, needing it, needing it to be in that format. It's just the way I am. It and makes think, sense. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. The beautiful thing about sign language is it's literally all in front of your eyes. So you don't need to, you know, be kind of straining to understand all the time because it's actually just in front of you. Um, and so, yeah, I would say you might, even if you don't need sign language, just learn it because it will make you feel better about yourself. That's great. No, I mean, it makes sense because, again, if we're going to discuss the other more popular languages, you know, the French and Spanish and whatever, but really any language that you learn, it will open up a whole new world. Yes, and absolutely. There's no reason why BSL can't do that for you. Again, yeah. you, you don't have to be deaf, even if you're a hearing person and you've yeah, learned it. You know, it's guaranteed that it's going to open up a whole new world. Yeah for you as well and it's a very it's a very beautiful language and it um i think any language makes you think differently about things but sign language especially because of the 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 way that the kind of the grammar and the and the vocabulary is so different to english and yeah it really is it's a nice way of thinking (laughs) (laughs) i agree though It it is beautiful i kind of you know been watching more programs and films and and you know music videos and people you know interpreting at like live events and you know i i just admire that because it looks amazing it looks really really beautiful so it's such a such a good point it's such a good point well i mean there's so many things i picked up from here and i'm sure the listeners and those who are reading the transcript picked up a lot of things as well so for those who want to connect with you or communicate with you where is the best place for them to do that uh, so I'm on pretty much all, all forms of social media um, but probably the best is my Instagram at Abby Signs that's A-B-B-I-S-I-G-N-S awesome. or um, on Twitter on under the same name I'll uh, make sure I'll link to them in the show notes so people can say hi to you as well so it's been great, Abby. I really, really appreciate you being here. Really appreciate sharing your stories and just sharing your wisdom as well. And uh, yeah, I really appreciate it. So thank you very much. Brilliant. Thank you very much for having me on. It's been really fun. And there we have it. Thank you, Abby, for being on the show. Really appreciate it. Really enjoyed talking with you. And just so you know, anyone who is reading or listening to the show, I managed to find that link of Abby doing her stand-up appearance and it's really good actually you should watch it and i'll put that link in the show notes you can check it out there so thank you for listening i'd really appreciate it if you could also leave a review on itunes it would really help a lot to get that message out there so i'll see you next time take care thank you for listening to the hear me out cc podcast courtesy of hearmeoutcc.com 